What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. I have your pairings here. I hope you're not bummed. This was difficult. I put Vince and Johnny together. Why wouldn't you? With Tom Brady and Mark Wahlberg. Gee, who's the ugliest person in that foursome? Think fast. <laughs> Ari, Jeffrey Tambor called 10 times to make sure I paired you with him and his sons. He said he cleared it with you. You'd be thrilled. <laughs> uh, well, it's for charity, so I'll see you guys out there. See you guys. Bye. shopping, Vince. All right, let's do it. See you guys later. Bye. Welcome back, baby bros, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. This episode needs no introduction from me. Jerry Ferrara is back. He and I have stayed in contact since we first talked oh, two years ago at the beginning of lockdown. Jerry, as you can imagine, was awesome. A lot of behind-the-scenes stories from this episode. Jerry's always been so gracious and generous with his time, his stories, sharing out clips from this podcast. He's a big supporter. And I'm super gracious that he was able to come back. He has a new podcast uh, with BetMGM called Unleashed. It's a sports and gambling podcast. His co-host, Olivia Harlan Decker, famous sports personality. It's a real good listen if you're an Entourage fan. Because Olivia, Jerry's co-host, had never seen the show before. So every episode they talk about what episode she's watching and Jerry just kind of gives some behind the scenes info on that episode. It's incredible. He just had Kevin Garnett on last week. I have a link to subscribe to the podcast in the show notes of today's episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Jerry's a huge supporter of this pod. Let's go ahead and support him back. For those who might be listening for the first time, if you're just checking us out, uh, this is Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hickey, and every week, we have a different guest on to break down a new episode of the acclaimed HBO dramedy Entourage. We are halfway through season six. We have 80 episodes in the tan. We've had incredible guests along the way. Jerry Ferrara has been on himself back in season four. We had the Chad Goes Deep guys come in. Chris Stefano, Adam Ray, all these dudes who are just like hilarious, famous personalities just came on for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour with me and chopped it up about a show that we once loved. We go through categories every week, our favorite quotes, our most entourage moment, our favorite bros being bros moment. And if you haven't rewatched an episode in a while, don't worry. I drop in the audio from that week's episode throughout the length of the pod. I mentioned Jerry was on back in season four. I had him on for season four, episode 11, No Ton Do. It's the famous episode where the boys are trapped at LAX. They're trying to get to Khan to promote Magian, and Kanye West shows up with a private jet to save the day. If you're interested in listening to that episode, I actually just reposted it to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah feed. It's right before this episode, so go take a look, subscribe if you haven't, leave us a review, listen to my first conversation with Jerry. It happened in April of 2020, so you can imagine some of the conversation is around lockdown, but it was a great conversation. I actually cleaned up the audio, I fixed one of the clips that wasn't correct, and I removed the introduction where I am very doom and gloom about the state of the world. We're out of that now. So I highly suggest you go back and give that a listen, or even a re-listen if you listen to it back in 2020. It's just such a great conversation, and he gives so much behind-the-scenes info about not just that episode, but the entire show in general. And then listen to this episode, which was equally, if not more, awesome because Jerry and I have become more comfortable speaking to each other and podcasting in general. 
this isn't a typical episode of oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't force Jared to go like category by category, line by line, moment by moment. But we do talk about our most entourage moment, our favorite bros being bros moment, and some of our favorite quotes. And if you're looking for clips from this episode of Entourage, they all start piling up in the middle part of this. So the first 20, 30 minutes are just me and Jerry chatting. And then right around the halfway mark when we start talking about our favorite quotes, I just went crazy with the clips. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the episode before. It's incredible. Jerry was an incredible guest and really hope this opens the door to have some bigger and better guests on. That's it for me. Enjoy the episode. If you're looking for some video clips from my interview with Jerry, they will be all over the social media pages at OyaPod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Enjoy the episode. Subscribe to Unleashed, and I will talk to you guys next Monday. My guest this week is the co-host of the BetMGM Weekly Sports Podcast, Unleashed. He most recently starred in the film Dating in New York. His other acting roles include Joe Proctor on the star show Power and Kirk Zender on the USA show Shooter. But I think listeners of this podcast will remember him most for his role as Salvatore Turtle Asante. Dialing in from the Midwest, Jerry Ferrara, welcome back to the Entourage podcast. My how times have changed. Uh, it's good to be back. I like that you used the Salvatore Turtle Asante. All my buddies back in Brooklyn always get a good kick out of when they hear that name. Because that's a name <laughs> that's very special to us. So uh, that's a good intro right there. Did you have any say in the name? Sorry to start off with the question. No, but that's a good uh, well, you know, the, the jokes back in the day with Doug used to be, oh, first it used to be, why is he called Turtle? And Doug would always mm-hmm. kind of say, I, I don't really know. It's named him Turtle. And then <laughs> I would always joke with him, what's Turtle's real name? And he would, this is like in season three, he would say, ah, well, we'll reveal it in like season seven. I don't think he ever thought we'd get to season seven. But I did yeah. one, I think I only said this like once, maybe twice to him. I said it would mean the world to me if Turtle's real name could be Sal or Salvatore. Uh, wow. So, and that was, and that was really it. It was a quick conversation. So years go by and then later, I think that, yeah, that's in season seven. So you'll get to that episode. I remember getting that script back in the day before technology. You, th- A runner would send you the script to your house, would drive it in the middle of the night and drop it at your doorstep. And that's how you would get scripts back in the day. I'm going back that's 10 insane. years. Insane. You think about yeah. it now, it's like insane. That's how you got delivered. Dropbox, here it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dropbox, it's a PDF. Here's a PDF. It's 30 pages. <laughs> and I'm reading the script. It's, it's late at night. And I, and I get to that part where Jamie's character, Jamie, <laughs> calls me Sal and I just like I dropped the script for for listeners who don't know the backstory Sal Salvatore Sante is one of my best friends growing up uh childhood oh, friend so in cool. Brooklyn tragically passed away when he was I believe 22 years old um definitely was some inspiration for the character of Turtle what I mean by that is just like dude was like life of the party uh he, yeah, I, I, you know, his laugh, a lot of turtle in my mind was always like a version of that. So Doug did that kind of unbeknownst to me and it always meant to world. I mean, I still even have from, I think there was an episode you'll get to where like my credit card gets canceled. So props gives you like the fake credit cards and on the credit yep. card it says like Salvatore Asante. It's just, that's so cool. Yeah. And, and I talked to his, what a tribute. Yeah. His family was cool about it and they've really appreciated it. And, uh, it's kind of it's crazy the name it's like on IMDb you know my my buddy's yeah. name is sort of living on dude it you preserved it in history television history so that's such a cool story i'm glad i asked i'm glad it wasn't just a throwaway thought 
So before we get to this week's episode, Jerry, and we're doing a good one, as we should when you're on, let's let's talk to the listeners about your new podcast, Unleashed, with BetMGM. You've had some awesome guests on, Le'Veon Bell, Ian Rappaport. Is it true that your co-host, Olivia Harlan-Decker, has never seen Entourage? So this is true. Uh, you know, her husband, Sam Decker, who yeah. I met when he was b- back in Wisconsin, we actually screened the movie for the Wisconsin basketball team when they were on that magical Final Four run because Frank yeah. Kaminsky, his teammate at Wisconsin, was a huge Entourage fan, and it kind of it got a lot of press back then that he loved Entourage and Turtle and all that. Kaminsky went to my high school. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Keep going. amazing. So you know Frank the Tank. Stru- suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, no, I'd never met Olivia before, and, yeah, she said she was, like, embarrassed. I'm like, first of all, don't be embarrassed because you haven't yeah. watched the show. There's a million shows that I haven't watched. And sure. so she's started a rewatch and I think she's only in like season two. So yeah, she's like in the podcast last week, she's like, Oh my God. And she put this in our group text for the podcast. She's like, I'm obsessed with Lloyd. And our other producer <laughs> was like, I can't believe I'm receiving this text in 2022. <laughs> Someone's texting. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with Lloyd in 2022. It's pretty incredible. You know, I should have her on. And we should do one of these and do a deep dive into one of these episodes because she's viewing it for the first time with like fresh eyes. All of my guests have seen every episode ad nauseum. Yeah, so that, there's an idea. Through. She's ripping through. She'll probably catch up to you in like a month. I think she'll Perfect. probably get to like season six if she keeps on this pace. She's busy though. It's football season. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on, but you know, she does have a young, young baby. So there's a lot of like half awake nights where, you know, <laughs> so she, she's, she's powering through it. What's planned for the pod this season? Like, I know you've got to have a lot of cool shit lined up for the NFL. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's been weird. Cause we started like a month, not even, yeah, about a month ago where all you're doing is talking about, Hey, well, this is what I think might happen. And this is what yeah. I think might happen. Now we finally have games and, to be quite honest, Eric, it's like I love the podcast. You know, I've loved the podcast world. I've been doing pods since mm-hmm. 2013 with my wife. Yeah. OG. But it's also like this Sunday with the two kids, it really paid dividends. There was like someone had a kid birthday party this Sunday. I thought that was insane. So I was like, I can't go. I got to work. I got to watch these games. This is work. Because I got to work. And also, I do have a gambling background being from Brooklyn. Uh, it's kind of how I learned math was through odds and, and poker and blackjack. So yeah, like we just talked to Jay Glazer this week. So it's going to be a good mix of like, we'll definitely get our betting info in mm-hmm. talk football. And then obviously when basketball kicks off, I'm really going to go hard. I'll be really tuning in then. I love football, but basketball is my, my crack as all the listeners know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about my basketball. Now my team in law is the Cavs because I'm here in mm-hmm. Cleveland, my wife. As, as you know, I love the Knicks, like Turtle did. And Donovan Mitchell's now in Cleveland. Like, I could take Donovan so cool. Mitchell I, and, like, show him where the best pizza places are in Cleveland. You better. Which might happen. You better. Yeah, and, take, and get him on the pod as well. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to be a good balance. So, yeah, I implore everyone. It's a good excuse to talk sports. And uh, I'm going to blow it out with the guests. Awesome. And everyone who is interested in checking it out, I'll, uh, in the show notes of this week's episode, I'll include a link. So go check it out. Subscribe. Have a listen. It's funny. Your co-host is younger than you. She hasn't seen Entourage. She's, you know, it's probably making you feel a little bit old. I'm starting to feel old with this show because I told you before we started recording, it took a couple years off, but now all my guests and even all the listeners and diehard fans of the shows, we're all middle-aged dudes with kids who are married. And it's like every guest I have on is like just uh, dealing with these kids. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. But that's also, yeah, that's that's your age. But I will say Entourage 
is definitely having its kind of, it's hard to say renaissance because it feels like it's never fully gone away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm getting a lot of younger, like college kids coming up to me saying that I got invited to a frat party. This is no lie. <laughs> I got invited really? to an Ohio State, like, dude, you oh gotta cut. Like, they wanted to give money to a charity to get me to come. They're like, we'll, we'll give you like five grand or whatever. Ch-. Like, I'm serious. Like, you guys are 20 like, years old. I'm a father of two. What do you want me to do? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to come, but this is weird. <laughs> Cut the check. <laughs> right. So, you know, it is. But yes, your guests must be like, let's wrap this interview. I got I to gotta go make, a, I gotta go make yep. lunch for tomorrow. Yep, exactly. Um, okay. So we are talking about an Iconic Entourage episode, episode five of season six, four. It's original air date, August 9th, 2009. This is a question I asked all the guests. It's a newer question. Where were you on this date? Not on August 9th, Jerry, but summer of 09. Think back. You had just wrapped season six, most likely, of shooting. What were you doing in life? Well, so season six. What year was it again? It's 2009. 2009. Okay. The winter and spring, and then it started airing mid-July. This episode. That's right. So I was 29, wasn't even 30. Definitely was smoking weed still. Uh, God, was that think like a... No, I didn't do Think Like a Man yet. What was I doing? You know, we would wrap that show. So we would shoot for, you know, six, seven months. And then we would wrap. I'd always go right back to New York. What would happen is we would... In, in the summer, we'd always have our premieres, right? So we'd have the LA premiere first. Then we'd go blow it out at like the New York premiere. Because that's where most of us are from. Sure. And I would always hang around in New York for a solid month in the summer. So I was probably in New York hanging with my family. Uh, yeah, I think at the time I was actually dating Jamie. I was 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So might have been in New York with her, I think. Definitely was in New York, though, in July of 2009. You were definitely dating Jamie. And it's creepy that I like know that <laughs> and that, that information's public. And I'm going to ask you a question later on about that okay. because it, it's strange to me. But here's a question I meant to ask you the last time you were on. So what was your entourage viewing experience like? This is something I ask every guest, but like, so you'd shoot for six or seven months and you'd go to the premiere and all this. But so like when it was airing week by week, every Sunday, did you watch it with family, friends? Did you watch it by yourself or did you not like to watch yourself? Like what type of viewer of your own work are you? So I don't particularly enjoy watching myself. I don't really know a lot of actors who do. There are some though. Trust me. There are some that enjoy watching themselves. (laughs) Because I always look at it like it's like watching your 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 game tape. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, it's like yeah, you're, all right, great, I scored a touchdown there. But man, did I look like shit on that play? So you're pointing out all your own flaws. Yeah, That's it's a little it. cringe. But what I would always do, and you know, because I was so tight with Doug, and all of us were, Doug would always kind of have me to his office, either right when we were about done. I'd sort of watch the episodes once they were edited and pretty close to you know, screenable. And I would just go to Doug's office and he would kind of show me. So I would always get That's my cool. viewing with my critical eye at that point. As far as when it was actually airing, I can't say I was like at a TV every week, but you know, depending yeah. on where I was or who I was with, I would, and I would never really like sit through a, a whole episode because you you'd sure. critique it. But as you get older and removed from it, you know, I was just kind of breezing through the episode we're going to talk about tonight. Sure, a little sure. Bit. And Which I appreciate. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> and, and even talking to Olivia with the podcast, you know, she told me what episode she was on. So I do have to jog my memory sometimes. And it's funny the things you remember. I always remember the behind the scenes stuff. I don't remember the episodes, but I'll look at a scene <laughs> 
And I could literally say to you, oh, it was, four, you know, it was 53 degrees that day. I, I could tell you so many details about the actual day behind the scenes. And that's why it's so fascinating to fans and listeners of this show and Victory and fans of you and the guys because we want all that. We want all that behind the scenes info. And to us, it's so, you know, whatever, exciting and uh, interesting. And to you, you're like, that was just another day at the office. What are you talking right. about? I don't know what's, what's so cool about that. So, again, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. This is, it's, this is, this is a treat. So I do, uh, I do like an on this date. So we're talking August 2009 time capsule there aren't a lot of sporting news except your new york yankees took control of the best record in baseball in august of 2009 that was highlighted by a four-game sweep of the boston red sox from august 6th through august 9th when this episode premiered they won their 40th al pennant on october 25th defeating the angels in six games to the world series where they defeated the defending world series champions phillies in six games to win their 27th world series title so you're only you know a month out from this or a month and a half out that's uh in baseball news but sadly in football news uh for your giants uh former wide receiver platzko burris pleads guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon cutting a deal with the manhattan district attorney to cut down his jail time for shooting himself in the leg he was sentenced in September to two years behind bars, ending his 32-year-old career. I'm sorry, ending the 32-year-old's career. It's a sad finish for a guy who was in the Super Bowl and catching the winning touchdown pass just a year and a half early. But he's he's bounced back, hasn't he? I feel like yeah, he's, and I've seen he's him. Made good. I've seen him, you know, in in the last few years at Knicks games and stuff like that. Yes, definitely bounced back. And you like the thing because the Giants do win the Super Bowl again in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Uh, probably if that never happens, he's probably on that team still, you know, yeah, he, yeah. 32. I mean, I guess it might've been a stretch. It was three years later, but sure. there is a world where he's at least still a red zone target. So, yeah. and, uh, yeah, the Yankees got us that world series and that's what opened up as you'll get to the A-Rod to being on the show. Like they weren't going to come on until they got a ring. So that ring was very important to the entourage. Wow. Yeah. So t in their minds, it's like, what are we doing gallivanting on an HBO show when we need to win a World Series? Is that like, or that they, they didn't want to do it until they were on the top? Yeah, I feel like someone, maybe it was Doug had a relationship with Teixeira, uh, and it was always like, you know, Yankee, we're all Yankee fan, most yeah. of us, Dylan's a Met fan, and I think yep. Doug, we maybe approached them, like, come on the show, and it was like, nope, nope, not till we win a ring. And then wow. I went on the back in the you know when regis was still alive i went on <laughs> regis and kelly to promote entourage and they had just won the world series so you know what this is probably around the close to the time well yeah i guess it was months later and they were on the they were on the show before me so they were i, I got the i got to tell them you guys got rings now let's let's yeah, let's get on time. so make good yeah that's awesome uh, all right. I mean, I won't do a recap of this week's episode. Everyone's seen it. Uh, I'll drop it in if anyone is super interested in hearing uh, the plot, <laughs> the plot recap from HBO.com. Okay, quick recap of this week's episode of Entourage in case you haven't watched it in a while or for some reason haven't seen it. Eric and Ashley's dinner is interrupted by a call from Sloan, who gives E a heads up that she's co-chairing the charity golf event he's attending with Vince and the guys the next day. Eric withholds that news from Ashley. At the golf tournament, Vince and Drama are paired with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Brady, and Sloan informs Eric that Uber manager Murray Berenson requests him. Ari tortures Lloyd by making him caddy for his team, which includes Jeffrey Tambor, who cheats to impress his two sons. Drama makes a fool of himself trying to win his wager to outplay his teammates, and Turtle, being a loyal Giants fan, sights himself up to tell Tom 
Tom Brady off. But when Tom suggests Turtle and Jamie Lynn should join him and Giselle for dinner, he absolutely melts. Mrs. Ari calls her husband, wanting to know why he's trying to buy her off with a new Maserati rather than just say he's sorry. But Ari insists it wasn't his place to confide about Andrew's affair. Murray tries to get E to come work for him, but when Eric discovers Sloan was the one who recommended him, he has doubts. And later that night, while he's mulling over the job offer with Ashley, Eric mistakenly calls her Sloan. Alright, before we get into like questions, categories, quotes, stuff like that, I'm sure you've been asked this before, especially about this episode, but this episode is considered one of the standouts, Pantheon, whatever, Mount Rushmore episode. But what is it about this episode and any Entourage episode that you think makes it that, or that gets it to that level? And how does that, like, happen to you? Is it the week that it airs all of a sudden, like, more people are coming up to you? Is it just things, different things are being said and written? I mean, this is before Twitter, really. This is before any real social media. So is it all in retrospect? Like, you have people coming up to you a year later going, holy shit, Vegas, holy shit, Sundance. You know, I do often think what would have happened uh, with Entourage if social media was around. It was around for the movie, uh, yeah. which wasn't very helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I do always wonder, like, in the height of the show, what that would have been like and stuff like that. But with, with this particular episode, there's some that have just aged in a way where maybe at the moment, like, they were really good episodes. and pe- Like, the Valley episode is arguably mm-hmm. people's favorite episode and that's one when we did it it was obviously like we we had a good feeling like it's gonna be a good episode and even watching it it was like yeah it's really cool episode you do wonder like are people and that's the one i just discussed with olivia on the show like you wonder are people gonna care about the tracking of a movie for a movie opening like or is anyone gonna give a shit about that and people did with this one this one you kind of knew in the moment all right this one (laughs) and maybe it is the brady effect and then also don't forget yeah. Wahlberg's in there but sure. you know there is a big story with this episode that Doug's told in the past so if you guys have heard it sorry I'll tell it again quickly but no, Doug here. wrote that episode for Eli and Peyton Manning that's right they and I believe they solicited him to be on the show and Doug wrote this episode so it was brothers versus brothers that's why it's the Chase mm-hmm. brothers versus the Manning brothers everything else is pretty much the same minus the dialogue uh, but the, the storyline was the same. And I want to say like a few weeks before they pulled out with no real yep. excuse. And then it's kind of like, fuck, we're, we're dead. And yeah. that's where having Mark Wahlberg as your executive producer is an unbelievable ace in the hole. Cause he's like, you want me to call Tom? And we're like, <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah. Call him. <laughs> and this was the year Brady, the prior year in the NFL, uh, he got that low hit. Someone rolled up on him. I believe it was a chief. And yep. he MCL ACL. Yeah, blew out his knee. So he was removed from football probably for the longest he ever has been in his life. That's right. And he agreed to do it. So and I, there's another and I don't want to jump too far ahead. There's another part once we knew we got Brady. Yeah. And obviously Doug has to rewrite the script and make it for Brady and Wahlberg. And he was like looking for that line. Uh, oh. the stuff with turtle i don't like you know falling in love with brady and yeah, that's all doug doug's a genius that's all doug but he was looking for that line like what is he gonna fucking say to him like what's the thing he would say so and he tells me like call one of your 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 buddies in in brooklyn I, and just get him on the phone i literally got my buddy paul on speakerphone in doug's office and he answers like yeah hello i'm like paul you see tom brady in the street the night before the super bowl they're playing the Giants. What do you say to him? 
Ah, fucking telling me sucks fucking balls. <laughs> Doug is like, thank you, Paul. Hangs up the phone. And or he's not writing, he's typing. Oh, obviously. yeah, he's like, yeah, thank he you, <laughs> click, and... We got it. I want to tell him, Tom Brady, you suck balls. Yeah, that's that. So, obviously, the character has to be starstruck, but as a Giants fan, are you, pre this filming, are you not a Tom Brady fan? Are you? I mean, do you respect him as a football player? I mean, you gotten one off of him just two years earlier, so you're probably a little bit, like... Total respect. <laughs> about the relationship. Yeah, total, total respect. respect. Okay. That's the thing for for Giants fans. There, there never really was a rivalry with the Patriots mm. because you know different divisions, all that stuff. That's more of a yeah. Jets thing, you know. Never really had beef with the Patriots, and then obviously you know you beat them in the Super Bowl. You really don't have any beef with them. So yeah. no, I obviously didn't. I, I was grateful because, and I, I think Peyton and Eli would have been fantastic in the episode too. But like totally. Brady and Wahlberg. And if you really watch this episode, you guys listening, I don't know if you actually have watched it recently. Sneaky fucking great episode for Wahlberg. He's so funny in it, dude. He's so not sneaky at all. Every week we award like a sits man or an MVP. Like he wins it. He wins it in a runaway. Oh, it's just every word out of his mouth. I didn't, you know, when I watched it a couple, I watched a few scenes a little while ago. Like I didn't remember. I knew he was great in the episode. He's always great, but fuck, he was. He arguably steals the episode. 100%. Why don't you stop staring at the dialogue? You want to fuck him, turtle? And you, and you are just, it's perfect. But the it's shit so he's saying, funny. the drama too, like just his like utter disgust for Johnny <laughs> drama betting on the golf course is, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, that, that walk and talk, which the show obviously became iconic for and drama wanting to gamble. It's just so, we have a category called bros being bros. Like what's the most male moment? That's it. Them arguing about their handicaps being like, should we really gamble on this? Ah, let's do it. That's. I'm going to push back. I think the bro moment, li- I think you're right about the moment. The line is, what is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. That's like the bro. <laughs> That's as bro as it gets. What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. You guys got in my head about my handicap earlier. He's just so like, good. Just, if you've ever D- been on a golf course. Kevin Dillon yeah. is just a national treasure. He's unbelievable as Johnny Drama. Ooh. Fuck! God damn it! I'm telling you, it's the club! I just had it regripped, man. It's something's up. I, I... Come on, Johnny, let it go. You're having an off day, that's all. Take another one, buddy. Yeah? Why don't you use this club? Works pretty good for me. Really? I yeah. mean, you sure you don't mind? This is oh. a bet. I don't want to be taking anything off anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. No wonder I'm getting smoked. What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's club, you asshole. Sorry about that, huh? And now I heard this story secondhand. I heard this from Robbie Hummel, the Purdue basketball standout who played for the Timberwolves. He's now on ESPN. He he was on a year or two ago. And he's like, I golf with Kevin Dillon. And he told me this story that that apparently KD is like an incredible golfer and that it was really hard for him to shank these shots. And and he was getting mad because he was like, I don't want to be on film playing badly but he's a he's a consummate actor and a pro at the end of the day dylan is a really really good golfer uh his family there's a lot of there's a lot of dylan golfers okay dylan is the reason why i started golfing he got me into golf like that episode as well you know 
when I wasn't in scenes, I would still show up to that golf course and was hitting balls. Like, I think those were my actual golf clubs in the episode. I, by the <laughs> way, I still have those head covers, the giant head covers. That's super. Those cool. are my head covers on my, on my back. But no, yeah, Dylan is a really, really good golfer. And yeah, he definitely didn't want to put some, some shitty swings on film, sure. you know, but sure. obviously it's the whole episode hinges on it. And he was even joking about it that day. He's like, it's going to be so hard to hit bad shots. You know, it's really hard for me to pretend to hit bad shots. But he, uh, he said, you might want to CGI the ball going somewhere else. Cause, uh, and I will say Brady, Brady, I know we've seen him in some of the, you know, the match play events. Match, yeah. He, he hit a few shots that day. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like great at golf too. It's like 5.30 in the morning. He's just piking it down the fairway. And he says he's a three handicap, which is nothing to, to sniff at. Yeah. So outside of like the imaginary world of the show where, you know, your characters with Brady and Walbert, who's the who's the coolest person you've golfed with, Jerry? And I don't mean most famous. I mean, just coolest to you in your foursome or in your twosome. Oh, man. Well, we did get to golf a few holes with Phil Mickelson when he was on the show. Uh, that yep. was pretty cool. You know, oh man, I've gotten to play with a lot of cool. I, I've I've hit a couple of shots with Jeter at his charity event. I've, I go to a lot of these charity events, so mm -hmm. you know, I was even just I was at Jalen Rose's in Detroit a couple of weeks back, that, yeah. and uh, you know, hitting balls with Calvin Johnson on the range and Jerome Bettis. It's like, you know, I, I've played with a lot of cool people. It's hard to pick just one, but uh, yeah, that's fair. So this is new, and we do this now in the last two seasons. We talked about the most entourage moment of the episode, and let's not talk about it in terms of this episode. This whole episode is an entourage moment. But So every week I ask my guest what that means to them. It's a totally subjective, like, you know, if I ask you what is the most entourage thing and what it means to you, what is it? So I'll ask you this. When I ask what an entourage moment is, what does that mean to you? It's the good life, right? It's yep. It's... It's it's the good life mixed with a little bit of, hey, if it doesn't work out, we could always go back to Queens. It's a little <laughs> bit of this, like, we're already ahead of the game. So whatever happens here, it's all bonus money. We're on house money right now. So let's ride this as long as it can. That's what it means to me. We're already on easy street. Yes. Let's just... Yeah, there, there's there is a, a comfort, and no, that that's it. Because I like to say often it's when things work out the best for the boys, or the best possible scenario yeah. comes across. Sometimes a little too conveniently, but it's okay. It's television. It's a but, fantasy. It's but I was gonna say for this episode too, what I enjoyed watching it back a little bit was the ending. So Entourage always had yeah. like two endings, right? It either had this like, holy shit, what a moment, everything worked out. Yeah. What it, what a time to be alive, right? And sure. or we'd have these moments where it'd be like, oh, uh oh, you know. And this one <laughs> ends in that where Connolly, as E, calls um, I'm forgetting her name, the character's name, Ashley. Yeah. Ashley calls her Sloan, and then That's... she's like, "What'd you call me?" He's like, "I did what?" And then it just cuts to black. That we have a lot of those too. So yeah, those are good, yeah. especially with Connolly and his. Not Connolly, with E and his love life, this season especially. You know, I don't even know what he'd offer me, but I assume I'd have the freedom to do a lot. So why would you turn it down? I don't know. Just didn't feel like the right opportunity. You say this guy's a legend? Yeah. And you can learn a lot from him? Yeah. So everything you're describing sounds perfect for you. What's holding you back? I don't know. Maybe you should reconsider. You know, just meet with him get a feel for the place yeah maybe you're right yeah. you want some more wine sure 
Sorry, Sloan. What? You just called me Sloan. I did? Yeah. Yeah. What mean a word to you? Cause money mean a word to me. I'm a shot for the world to see for the beach. I think it's funny. Last season, season five, we have the, you know, fallout from the Magian thing. And now this season, we're really focused on the entourage. We're focused on drama, Turtle, and E, and what they're doing. Because Vince is on autopilot yeah. this season. He has very little to do. And, and it's nice. And it's and we get this, this first iteration of Turtle's newfound success. And then E and Sloan, you know, finally coming together. And even Kevin Dillon getting kicked off of his uh, uh, show and having to uh, figure out his career from there on. It's, it's a really nice departure and a great experiment that I think was a huge success. So I'm pumped to talk about it every week. Um, and we'll see where we'll see how it goes in season seven and eight. Yeah. You got some good ones coming up. Season seven will definitely be interesting for you. Definitely. If memory serves me correctly. <laughs> Did uh, any lines or quotes jump out at you as being particularly incredible? You already said like yours is custom lines off the rat. That's really fucking. Yeah. Good. I mean, and we talked about the Tom Brady, like the time you suck, yeah. but like, that is a line that gets repeated. That gets repeated to me almost weekly in the streets. Jesus. Like, it really does. That war comes up on social media. That line in that episode comes up. It's it's, it's definitely top three. It might even be number one in, in terms of most quotable lines. When did you meet Tom Brady? It was years ago at a charity event, and he couldn't have been nicer. Whatever. I don't get the guy's whole appeal. I didn't even think he was that good looking. I was standing right next to him. Oh, my God. You are such a hater. No, I'm such a New Yorker, and I betrayed my New York trust by not telling him exactly what I wanted to tell him. And what was it you wanted to tell him? That he sucks balls. <laughs> Terrible, he doesn't. What do you know? I'm a football fan. Yeah, I thought a Giants fan. And if you really were, you'd know it's the obligation of every true blue Giants fan. Now, if you see Tom Brady, you tell him he sucks balls. Turtle, do not tell Tom Brady that he sucks balls. Actually, Jim, you know what I'm going to do, since you didn't? I'm going to tell him he sucks balls twice. Once from me? one's from you turtle don't you dare love you babe bye turtle but yeah i oh god i i so what's the line that sticks out was that the question yeah, sorry i, mean, I forgot I, the question yeah no you're good <laughs> it's it's fucking it's Wahlberg lines he says to a, he says to drama he's like when we're, when we're done with you all i could have left is just sag pension it's just like <laughs> another sneaky good line yo yo what are you doing turtle oh got bored of e and the octogenarian so i thought i'd join you guys Brought drinks. Hey, thanks, Turtle. Got a good one here. Oh, damn, I forgot about you, Tom. I only brought three. I'm good. I'm used to the heat. Are you? Hey, do I know you from somewhere? Were you at the giant Super Bowl victory parade last year? Oh, wait, are you dating somebody? Yeah, if you can believe it. Who are you dating? Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, right. Yeah, and I just want to say something from the both of us. You- Jamie, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, sweetest girl in the world. Do you know what? Yeah, we met at this charity event a few years ago. Giselle loved her. Really? Yeah. No, we should go out sometime. Us? Are you and Giselle? Yeah, just come over to the house. She cooks. Giselle cooks? It's awesome. Why don't you Ooh. stop staring at the guy like you want to fuck him, turtle? What? You want to get off the tea box? I'm trying to win some money here. Drive. We're done with you, drama. You ain't going to have nothing left but that SAG pension. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, should we bring anything? Like a nice bottle of wine or dessert or something? Yeah. Chocolate, done. This one has a lot of, and Je we didn't even talk about Jeffrey Tambor. I know, dude. He, he was so good. Him and Piven going head to head in any scene is so good. There's a scene, yeah. There's a moment. There's a there's a sequence with 
Tambor and Ari were Tambor's kids say, Dad, can we get the fuck out of here? And then Tambor says, shut the fuck up, kids. And then he tells Ari to shut the fuck up and he walks away and Lloyd comes over and Ari tells Lloyd to shut the fuck up. It was like, <laughs> it was a scene where everyone tells each other to go shut the fuck up. It's brilliant. I like the Tambor family. <laughs> yeah. It's great delivery like by Tambor Rex. Family. It's, 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 uh, it's so good. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey! This is a family day. Now shut the fuck up and hit the ball. I like the Timbor family. Shut the fuck up, Lloyd. Yeah, some of Walbert's lines, Dats being the funky bunch, <laughs> like later B-Squad. Like, these are things that guys, calling, calling a group of people B-Squad is so demeaning and shitty and perfectly Walbert in that moment. Well, at least we know he has great taste. <laughs> Yo, Gatsby and the funky bunch. Hey, hey, what's up, Mark? What's up, boys? You guys know Tom? Hey, Tom, how are you? Hey, Vince, how are you? Buddy? I'm good. This is E. Hey, doing, hey. Tom, nice to meet you. Good My to brother meet you. Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Tom, how you doing? Turtle? Turtle. Hey. All right. Okay. <clears throat> shall we? We shall. <clears throat> later, B-Squad. See you later. I'm driving. When he said, when, when, when drama says to him, like, you guys got my, my you fucked with me, you got my head, and Wahlberg, like, yeah, because we all know how stable you normally are. <laughs> It's just, it's killed. He killed. God damn it! <laughs> Your brother's got some temper, huh? Yeah, he's a little fiery. Yeah, it's only because you guys questioned my handicap. It totally threw me. Oh, we're sorry we got in your head, Drama. I mean, I know how stable you normally are. You didn't get in my head. Only I could get in my head. And I did. Why don't we give your head a break? Just call it off. No, my head don't need a break. In fact, to prove it, let's double the bet. Hi, right, Johnny. No, don't worry about it, bro. Super Bowl MVP, Oscar nominee, don't mean shit out here. Handicap's a handicap, and I'm gonna play under mine. All right, then. There's a good line, there's a good interaction between you and, and Piven and early in the episode. Ari goes, I suppose I lied to her. Drama goes, yeah, everyone seems to be doing that these days. And you go, you know, I just can't understand it. Me and my girl, <laughs> we always tell each other the truth, and we have no problems. And Ari goes, yeah, Turtle, you have no problems. <laughs> Gotta love when turtles Turtle dishing out relationship advice is always uh, yeah. a, a treat. Hey, hey, you good? Everyone good? Yeah, we're good. Are you good? Yeah. You don't look good. In fact, you look awful. Yeah, I didn't get any sleep last night. The wife made me sleep on the couch. First time in 15 years. Why? What'd you do? Well, I suppose I lied to her. Everybody seems to be doing that these days. And I just can't understand it. Me and my girl, we always tell each other the truth, and we have no problems. Yeah, Turtle, you have no problems. Oh, God. Talked about Brady. Talked about Wahlberg. Talked about Tambor. I want to talk about George Seagal a little bit as Murray. I know you only had a scene with him, but, like, Murray Berenson, the character, is, is a great, great role for, for a great role model for E. And uh, George Seagal was a, a great American actor. Started in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. He won, uh, was nominated for Academy Award, won two Golden Globes Awards. Continued acting all the way until he died just last year. He was in The Goldberg. He was Pops on The Goldbergs for uh, like eight seasons. So very cool to see him. It's always it's always a shame looking back on these going, oh, I've gone too soon type thing. But actually I think he was uh <laughs> I think he was gone right on time, if that made sense. He's in his late eighties or something like that. Yeah. I you know, there's these people that would come on, you know, it, it, it that was always the hardest part when you're a fan of someone's beforehand, right? And obviously when it happened with the like athletes would come on, that's always kind of who I would always want to like nerd out with even more than the actors. Sure. But there's a few over the years, you know, we had Sidney Pollack and then we have Martin Landau obviously plays Bob Ryan. You know, we, we did have this at the time they weren't old, you know, but it wasn't the older generation who I always thought it was cool that they 
kind of wanted to be on Entourage. They were down. Sure. And guys like George Siegel and, and Martin Landau, they've even said like some of the thing, best parts of what they liked about the show was the maintenance that it takes for an actor to have a long run. And these are all guys who had very, very long runs. So they know better than we do, uh, definitely better than me, what it takes to have that kind of longevity as an actor or in the public eye. So that's what I, I, I remember talking to George about on set. And I've even had, a, yeah, I remember talking to Landau about it. And, and you always get these great nuggets like, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was George or it was Martin Landau. One of them said to me at some points, like, make the other guy look good. Like, mm -hmm. that's how you should approach it. Because if you're both doing that, you're both going to look great. So that's, uh, yeah. So it, it was it was amazing to have him on. And he, he was on for a while. George was oh, yeah. around for a while. Yeah, he's pretty much a steady presence in this last half of season six. Yeah. And uh, until E and Scott Kahn go off on their own, right. we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, where was I? You were saying that you started out just like me. Right. All I had was one big client, George Lazenby. He was Bond, the baddest Bond. He told Guppy Broccoli to go fuck himself one day, and he was Bond no more. <laughs> anyway, there were two of us, one room and a telefax. Well, how'd you turn it around? With my charm, kid. Convinced the big firm to bring me in. Four years later, I was running the place. Have you ever considered making a move to a bigger company? Not really. I mean, the truth is I've been kind of running outside the system. I mean, I've been doing pretty good. I just don't really know anybody. You know me now. That's all you need to know. They've written books about me. Well, I've written books about me, but they've read them. I've read them, too. That's good. Ah, now, this is good. Hope so. Six Cubans drowned off the Florida Keys to get me, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that I can do for you? Well, I was thinking maybe we could do some good for each other. I'm guessing Ari told you about me. I'm actually kind of surprised he said nice things. He and I don't usually see eye to eye. Ari Gold, the kid with the Jufro who used to deliver my mail? No, he didn't tell me about you. Well, who did? My goddaughter, Sloan. No, that is some old school Hollywood advice. Make the other guy look good. That's also like, apply it to sports, right? Sure. Like be a good team player, right? Yeah. And I, I'm not an actor, but I can imagine being on set. Sometimes some guys want to hog the ball a little bit and... You know, the best way to make the ensemble look good is to to, to just let some other people. Well, there's definitely people who approach scenes like, how can I steal this scene? You know, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. Where you know, it's like, oh, I got this line right here yeah. that I, I have a chance here to steal yeah. this scene. Then there's guys like Kevin Dillon who've never tried to steal a scene intentionally, mm -hmm. but just fucking set, like just does it, 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 you know, just by being great at what he does. I mean... There was always lines in a script that when you, you like I mentioned reading the script at home earlier, you're reading yeah. them and you're like, oh, that's a funny line. You don't ever actually laugh. And then there's lines yeah. you read that just mean nothing to you other than it's just a line. And then you show up to the table reading and Kevin Dillon says the line. It's like, holy fuck. I didn't even imagine that line that way. It's now the funniest line in the scene. Congratulations, yeah. Kevin. You yeah. did it again. Because he's doing everything he can to put as much Dylan on yeah, it as possible. Yeah, he's just in it. Just, it. Well, Johnny Drama, he had such a handle on Johnny Drama and who he was, and he just, yeah, he was throwing fastballs. We like to say on this podcast that of all the characters, like, Drama is one of the most fully realized with all of his doubts, anxieties, insecurities, and, you know, like you said, like, for the most part, Vinny's on Easy Street, Turtles 
pretty much along for the ride in the first couple seasons and kind of blossoms late. But it's drama who, there are a thousand dramas running around Hollywood. Doug clearly drew a lot of inspiration from that, and that's why he's so many people's favorite character. And I think it goes with, like, the main thing for me as, as you know, again, looking back on it, it was a lot harder to look at it in the moment, but now as an older guy, <laughs> looking back on it, I really do feel blessed that, like, I had so many scenes with Dylan, whereas as him and I off doing some crazy shit, and he would just kill it. Um, but the Johnny drama thing, it's not even just acting. It, it's the person who's their own worst enemy. We've all, <laughs> we're either all of us are that, or we know someone very close to us. They're like, yeah, that person can't get out of his own fucking way. Yep. And that's yep. kind of Johnny drama. But you mentioned later down the road in season six where he like loses, he gets fired off the show. But that's the thing that everyone loves about drama. He, if you watch, when you come up on that episode, I'm going to give everyone a sneak peek. He, kind of seals his own fate standing up for turtle yeah you know like the loyalty was always the best part of that character that's the bros being bros moment of the whole season is him sacrificing everything he's ever wanted to work for which is a you know a broadcast television yeah. cast member job to stand up for his brother and it's so cool dude and some of the most iconic moments from this show are you and Tevin Dillon off on your own adventure, doing whatever, just you know, spying on one of Vinny's girlfriends or trying to rescue something or trying to trying to dip drama out of his own way. And uh, to bring it back to this episode, everyone knows a guy who can't keep his shit together on the golf course. Everyone knows a guy who's throwing the clubs and curse and making a million excuses and cursing uh, everybody out. And uh, they're not that much fun to play with. At one point at the end of the episode, Wahlberg goes, I am never playing with you again. And it is just, again, another perfect, like, Slides it under, Wahlberg delivery. It's great. These greens were rolled like shit. It's like putting on glass. I feel bad taking this money from you, Vince, especially since you played pretty good. Don't sweat it, Tom. I just got paid $4 million to do the voiceover for Dog. And the Chase brothers are no Welchers. Well, why don't we just donate the money to this charity, all right? That's a good idea. Unless it's a charity for C-list actors who suck at golf. I don't suck at golf. I ain't enough day. Next time we see each other, it's going to be payback time. Oh, I look forward to it, drama. Well, you want to roll another 18? Let's go. I will never right play with you Come on. again. Hey, Tom, can you ever see yourself in a giant jersey? That blue will really match your eyes. I think maybe, too, that's why this episode sticks out for a lot of people. It really does break a, some norms. Normally, I'm turtles with drama in an episode yeah. like this. And you yeah. got drama and Vince, like, off. And you're on a golf course, so if you're on a different hole, it's like you're miles away. I was kind of alone. Turtle was alone, and he's never alone in an episode. He's always with someone. So there definitely was different different tones. Uh, I think that also made the episode pop a little bit. He's, like, good. He, obviously, he's in a steady relationship at this point. He's like, no, I'm good. I'll hit some balls. I'll go I'll smoke a J on the course and call my girlfriend while she's on set. And, you know, like, that's you're right. It's not a side of Turtle we see that often, but he's almost a fully realized independent. He's almost a grown-up. <laughs> he's almost a grown-up. <laughs> he's, like, he's like right there. He's about to turn yeah. 18. That's right. He's, he's a 17-year-old yes. while he's out there with yes. I think you said this earlier, and I, and I just wanted to clarify. So when this whole change comes through with – no more Manning brothers. It's going to be Brady. I mean, are you... I know that like almost every word that comes out of your character's mouth is written by Dud, but are you having any input or say into anything when it comes to Turtle? Even in the later seasons when it comes to his career stuff, are you, are you, are you brought into that process at all? Honestly, n no, not really. How it would always work, at least the way my memory... Like, Doug was so locked in with... Yeah. It really is hard to say 
you know, I know the character, right? I'm playing the character, but Doug's kind of like living all of them in his mind day in, day out. (laughs) So, but how it would work was if it really ever was any kind of, you know, I really don't like this line or something. You just go like, he was always available, always open. You just go to him. And if he really loved the line, he would, you know, he would argue his case of why it's funny. And then, the, the ultimate place where you always get caught in where it's like, all right, well just try one take, but we mm-hmm. know better. Cause it's like, all right, if I do one take, you're going to use it. That's the one you're, you're going to use the take that you want. But yeah. no, Doug was always good. Like with line changes, stuff like that. But honestly, he didn't really have to, like I he was so dialed in a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like all the, the conversations with, with Jamie, all the Brady stuff, like, you know, Giselle cooks that Doug wrote that line. Seems like an improv. He wrote that line. Giselle Toots, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's not enough can be said about Doug. I don't think we give him enough due on, on this podcast because we spend so much time talking about the performances and the lines and just the interactions on screen. But this all comes from the mind of essentially one man who deserves all, all the acclaim, one hundred percent. Doug, if you're listening, just let's let's sit down and have a chat. <laughs> I know you're busy. So, uh, Jerry, how would this episode be different today plot-wise? This is usually a fun question because you can always be like, oh, with social media, with X, Y, or Z. I even thought to myself, who would be the celebrities that Vince and the boys golf with? But in 2022, it would still be Tom Brady and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I instantly was trying to think, like, all right, what is it? Like, who is it? Is it like Mahomes? Who's who is? No, you're right. It's Tom Brady. Nothing with that changes. Nothing with that. Walbert is still one of the biggest actors in the universe, and Brady is still slinging that pigskin around, maybe against his wife's wishes. The only, (laughs) yeah, the the only thing I could think of is maybe you know like Vince goes live on on some platform Instagram, and we and a a whole audience of people see Johnny Drama have his meltdown. And sure. snap the yeah. club and becomes like a viral moment. That's kind of one way. That's good. Yeah, you know, that. the E character has a house phone. So arguably the the Sloan phone call thing that happens maybe doesn't happen. She, it has to be like a text and sure. and maybe she has to read the text. That's how that storyline probably goes. Because, yeah. yeah, I remember watching him back. I'm like, oh, wait, that's his house phone? And he just leaves it right there? <laughs> yes, yeah. we used to yeah. leave our house phones wherever the fuck we wanted because we really didn't care about the house phone. Never would do that with our cell phone. Or being reached at all times as like, it's so Yeah, important the girl's like, now. what does she want? He's like, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're now it's like, we know what everybody wants all the time because they just text us exactly what they want. It's a lot of underacting by Connolly in this because he has to hide the fact that he's still, you know, harboring. It's pretty brilliant. Ex, it's, so. it's pretty brilliant yeah. how he's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what she would. He just talked to her. He's like, what does she want? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just agreed to do something the, tomorrow. He's stuck with the I don't know, you know, what me yeah. strategy. I don't know. I'll get it. No, let's eat. I'll call back. I got it. it it's Sloan. Huh? Your call ID says it's Sloan? Oh. I'm assuming there's only one Sloan. <laughs> yeah. Should you answer it? No. What, should I? <laughs> no. <laughs> So what do you think she wanted? I have no idea. Please get it. No. Don't you want to know what she wants? I don't care what she wants. What if something's wrong? You should answer it, please. 
Hello? Hey, Eric, it's Sloan. Hey. Is this a bad time? No. Okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to let you know the golf charity thing you guys are playing in tomorrow. I'm co-chairing the event. Oh. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I uh, did not. Well, I wanted you to, so it's not awkward between us when we see each other. That's cool. <laughs> so hopefully this awkwardness ended the awkwardness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. Okay. Bye. Bye. So which one? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Jerry, every week, and this is we have just a couple questions left. Every week we talk about who won this week's episode. It can't be Vince. So there's there's an argument for Turtle winning, and there's an argument for Wahlberg winning. And I don't know who it is. I think because you're on, I want to say it's Turtle. Because Turtle gets to go over to Brady and Giselle's and have dinner. Yeah, we never got the follow-up. That's actually a good question yeah. for you to ask Doug if, if you get to sit down with yeah. Doug. Be like, did Turtle actually go have dinner with Brady and Giselle? Like, did that happen? Because if that happened, Turtle, Turtle probably wins the episode if that happens. Yep. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't happen. If I had to answer that, I feel like it doesn't. And then um, yeah. you could make the case Wahlberg wins the episode easily. <laughs> easily wins the episode. Because he's a superstar and he has like nine incredible lines, the banter with drama. So yeah, let's give it to Wahlberg in case he hasn't won anything yeah, let's just get, yes, recently. Yeah. Well, Bra <laughs> more importantly, Brady didn't win. So that's a big, that's, that's right. a win for us because Brady didn't win something. So fellas, I'm thinking maybe we should make this a little interesting, huh? Really? At a charity event? Look, if you boys aren't up for it. No, we're up for it, but is this gonna be like the old days when you try to pay me back in personal training sessions and shit? I'm on a hit series now, Mark, you green money. Ooh. Vince? Hey, I'm easy. Okay, what's your handicap? I don't play golf much. What do you think it is, Johnny? Plus 50, maybe? Is that good? Uh, I'm a three. <laughs> I guess not. So what are you playing to now, Marky? I'm up there, but I'll play you at a five all day. Wow. You? Call me at 15. Oh, drama, you sandbagging bitch. Nah, I'm working all the time. I don't get out there much. <laughs> what? Mark and I are unemployed? This guy's had 12 surgeries in six months. He just got out of bed for the first time today. What, you guys don't believe me? No, 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 Ripley, we believe you, okay? But 15's not bad. Oh, it's not good. You want me to play it with 10? I'll play it with 10. No, no, listen, <laughs> if you're a 15, play it with 15. Vince, we'll give you three strokes a hole. How's okay. that sound? Okay. All right, game on. $1,000 a hole. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. okay. We got the tee box. Take it. What do you say this guy does anyway? I have no fucking idea. I'm on a series, Tom, the same network as the Super Bowl. You ever hear of T-Bow? Game on. No mercy, Vince. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, take a mulligan. Really? Drama, after that shot, take two. A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage. We can do pluses or minuses. Oh, this is an A-plus episode. A-plus, 100%. It's an A-plus episode. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I only judge because it's the one that comes up the most. Mm -hmm. That's like an episode that comes up when I when I go like sit in on first take. They they ask <laughs> about that episode. Really? So it's, a a, it's an A-plus. We emptied the chamber on that one. It's only 21 minutes long. An episode of Seinfeld is longer, dude. So much happens. There's so many good moments, memorable lines, just like images, gifs that are still used on Twitter today. It just, that's when, you know, that's efficiency. That's an efficiency rating right that's there. That's so strange because I think, yeah, 21 minutes, I guess that's without credits, right? And all that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because normally I think it was always a little bit longer, and and the shorter ones usually you could say, oh, something was probably cut. That's what, mm-hmm. nothing was cut to my memory, unless I'm forgetting something dramatically. But nothing was cut, and that is the episode. Can I ask you a question? I don't know if it's a, a secondhand story that Kevin Dillon has told, but did something happen with Brady and and you guys playing darts or something like that in the trailer? I've heard that like, and maybe. Dylan told this on Victory that like when Brady showed up that day that everyone was playing darts and maybe him and Connolly were playing darts or something and Brady came in and just like threw three straight bullseyes and then went to hair and makeup and then they were like this fucking guy can do everything. I don't think that's a real story. Well, because first thing I'm thinking, I don't think anyone ever had a dartboard. Oh man, that sounds like it's like a, a myth. I shared a trailer, like not a literal trailer, but we had doubles, right? where one guy gets one half, the other guy gets the other half. And it was for, for eight years. It was for eight years. It was always Dylan and I in, in a, so no, I don't think anyone had a dartboard. All right. I'm pretty sure Dylan told it. I believe it. Maybe they were somewhere else, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Recall recollection of that. Maybe it's a combination of two stories. Maybe it was at a different point when you guys were with Tom Brady. Right. (laughs) But this is a great, this is a great uh, myth that we have to, I'll ask Dylan. The legend grows. All right, I have two more questions. These are a little bit more personal, and I, and I was curious about this. So re-watching this episode now, when you stem through it today, is it strange to see your real-life relationship with Jamie on screen and, like, preserved like this? Is it uncomfortable at all, or is it just like, eh, that was a point in my life, and I'm I'm past... I don't know about you, but, like, you know, I've had some ex-girlfriends, and I think it would be strange that everyone in the world saw me and my ex-girlfriend and, and still think about it. Often. No. Like earlier when I was bringing up, like, oh yeah, you were dating her then. It seems to me like a strange occurrence for you that a stranger essentially knows that about you. It's it's not strange for me because her and I are still friends. And, That's good. you know, she has two sons, you know, they're mm-hmm. older than mine. And like, I remember when I started having mine, like we would communicate about like kids and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I've watched everything she's done since. No, like she, no, it, it's not strange. Honestly, like I, that's why I even had to remember the year. It definitely feels like another lifetime ago for sure. Just because yeah. so many years have gone by, but uh, no. And honestly, it was so different. Like the, the show versus what's going on in your real life was such sure. a, a different world. You know, um, I do remember like people used to kind of bug out when they would see us together, like at dinner or something to be like, Oh my God. Like, so, yeah, we used to get some guy like bought us dinner, like paid our tab one time. It's weird. It, yeah. There's weird stuff used to, but no, I mean, it's so long ago. We're going back 12 yeah. years. There's been like 900 kids since then. <laughs> 900 um, kids. That's great. So, and I didn't expect any other answer besides something like that. I didn't think you'd be like, oh, it's so weird. It makes me so, my skin crawls, nothing like that. It's just, it's a question I've always wondered for anybody in that situation. And it's kind of the perfect segue into this last question. Why have you always been so willing to talk about the show and your role in it when there's other people who are in your position who are a little bit more resistant? I'm not talking about the cast of Entourage. I'm talking about like a lot of times TV actors who have played a role for so long that lives in so many people's minds. They just are like, I'm done talking about it. I've talked about this for 20 plus years. You've always been so willing, so easygoing, so flexible. You've always been very open to me and sharing stories and messaging me and other people. And you seem to have such a good perspective and you're constantly willing to share it with others. So why is that? Like, is that just like a, a decision you made or is that just you? I'm, it's, I know it's a bit of an existential question, but it is. It, I, I gotta say it. It's it's something I've always wondered, and I mean that in all the all the love in the world. <laughs> it's it's a good question. Um, 
And I, I definitely, when Entourage was going on and toward the mid end run, probably around right around this season where we're at, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of where I started getting a little bit of shape and like changing some things in my life. I definitely, not that I wasn't down to talk about because I had to talk about, we were always promoting the show. And again, it was a lot sure. different. There was no real social media. So you weren't really connected with people as much. Mm-hmm. But in my own private life, it definitely was more of I got to do something else besides this show because I don't want to get typecast with this character and all that. But something does happen like and I went off after Entourage and I did a bunch of movies and I was on another show for six years. That was amazing. I'm typecast again. There's a whole different character. There's a whole other, you know, audience out there that they kind of know turtle but they love proctor especially walking around yep. in brooklyn like I'll, I'll be on one street and it's like oh there's turtle and so, and then i cross and i go get a coffee i'm on another street it's fucking proctor and they don't even know about each other the, yeah they're, those two two those two dudes don't yeah because <laughs> proctor uh power's still like going on there's three spinoffs and it's a whole yep. universe so the typecasting thing at some point wore off for me where I'm like, you know what? First of all, you should not be able to be typecast twice if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It should only happen once. And nowadays, I think, like you mentioned TV actor, but God, look how many movie stars are doing TV. You know, it's like sure. yeah. now it's almost a medium that I don't want to say it's better than movies because I love movies. But the indies that we used to maybe get where the, the you know, the Independent Spirit Award actor would lo- like. <laughs> those movies aren't getting made nearly as much and they're kind of getting stretched into TV shows. Yep. So that's why you're seeing a lot of talented actors and actresses doing these shows. But time is really the thing, JR. Now it's like time has gone by and I've, like I said, I've done movies, I've done other shows and they've all been amazing experiences, but Entourage was the first one. I mean, I did, I did stuff before Entourage, sure. you know, but that was the thing It changed my life. I think it would be um, foolish to not acknowledge that and like shy away from that. Once you get past the whole typecasting thing, oh, people got to know I could do other stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm grown now. It's the first one. I, I, it's, it's the reason why we're talking. It's the reason why a yeah. lot of things in my professional life have happened. So I kind of feel like you owe it to, to that. You, you owe it. Your first love, man. There's only one. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, I'm, I'm now starting to think in my mind, how long, how old do my kids have to be to actually see something I've done? Because <laughs> with the exception of like being a voice in the movie Bolt, there's not a whole lot out there that these kids could watch anytime soon that I've done. Good thing this is going to live on forever, man. And I mean, what a, what a great answer. What an absolute treat it was to have you back. Thank you so much for joining. I'd love to have you back one more time before the end of the run. We'll, we'll see if we made it happen. Don't take two years off, buddy. Don't take two I years won't, off. Dude. I won't. And we'll wait till after the NBA season's over, after the NFL season's over. Everyone listening, check out Unleashed. Jerry, where can they follow you, find you? Uh, just Jerry Ferrara on Twitter, Instagram, and my wife telling me I need to make a TikTok. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, I don't mean to – this is more behind the scenes. Clips from this podcast do very well on TikTok and are now – we're now getting more listeners because of the TikTok. It's a, it's a nice – it's a nice new like audience you can expose yourself to, but as you know, social media. So I really got to do. I really got to do it. I mean, they're not gonna. Know. I feel like no one on TikTok should know who I am. I'm like this old yeah. guy. Like, hey, who's this guy making kid videos with his kids all the time? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm some successful TikToker, but I know how to use the platform. I'm 34, so I'm not exactly a spring chicken as well. And uh, 
Yeah, man. Uh, they're, they're out there. So if you want to, I'll help you set it up. How about that? Help me set it up. I think I might have an account somewhere because you know what? Instagram's losing me with the reels. The reels I'm very confused by. So I might have to go on. I might have to switch. Jerry, this has been a blast. Let's talk again soon. Have a great rest of the NFL season. Take care, brother. Yeah.